0: Yes, my friends, and welcome back to The John Mahon Show, powered as always by Forever Loud. Hell yeah. Welcome back
1: after our hiatus in the summer, summer yeah. months.
0: How we doing, my friend? Welcome to The John Mahon Show, powered by... What,
1: you, that's not my line. <laughs> oh yeah, powered by Forever Loud. <laughs> Look at me like... <laughs> I was like, that's not my line.
0: <laughs> Director, Good. Powered by Forever Loud, or forever hyphen loud. Dot com
1: w w dot <laughs> forever hyphen loud com
0: the way no one has ever read out a url w
1: double w <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we got a lot happening on today's show my friends we are going to be joined by blood commands Nikki in about 27 minutes time to command some blood yeah you
1: get back in my veins <laughs>
0: What have I told you? And then in our tour, today's show we will be joined by Kai and Sarah from Takedown Festival to chat all about the success that they had at their 2023 return, as well as everything they've got in store for next year. And it is well worth your time listening to today's show all the way through, or watching today's show all the way through, because at the end, we've got a surprise for you. But it's one of those wait-for-it surprises.
1: I mean, you could probably guess.
0: You could could toss out an intelligent guess if you wanted to.
1: If we're talking about (laughs) having people from a festival on on the the show, show. what could we possibly be? doing at the end of the show
0: yeah you're just gonna have to wait and see but we've also got a shitload of stuff to talk about because music ain't slowing down towards christmas usually it does around this time of year, doesn't it like news news has gotten a bit slow but there's still a lot to talk about there's a
1: lot of tours going on a lot of bands in town yep yeah. You went to see Holding
0: Absence? I did. Went to London on Friday to go and watch Holding Absence headline the Kentish Town Forum with support from Thornhill. Thornhill, by the way. Very good. Fucking great band. Great band. Great band from Australia. Yeah. Yeah, they killed it. And then Friends of the Show, Holding Absence, put on their biggest headliner to date in London, Kentish Town Forum, really did sell that place close to out. How were they? I tell you what, man, it was phenomenal. Like, bit of a gripe. Not many people from the music industry there, which... Maybe they just didn't let them in. (laughs) Maybe, but (laughs) I mean... a tight guest list. But, like, a UK band playing their biggest headline show to date on a Friday night in London. Like, what more do you fucking need to leave the house? Was there anything
1: else happening on that night?
0: King 810 were playing. Yeah, but...
1: Weren't they playing, like, a
0: smallish room? King 810? Yeah. They did Islington Academy.
1: Oh, yeah. 800, I
0: guess. Yeah, so what was the excuse for the industry folk? (laughs) John's calling them out. I am, because it's like, it blows my mind. Like a band like Holding Absence that have been working as hard as they have, who have had such... You're complaining that all the industry wankers weren't out of the show. Yeah, because you got... It's the opposite of what most people complain. you got to give a band their flowers, though. Like, yeah, no flowers were given. I was tossing out some flowers. To Lucas. And I tell you what was beautiful. They did a stripped down acoustic version of Afterlife which is beautiful. Did they not did they was it just all acoustic all acoustic? Was it? Yeah. But the
1: crowd participation was good on that.
0: It was heavy, man. It was proper heavy. And like set list wise it was just fueled with Lucas doing high kicks, lots of high notes, high energy. Height was a common yeah. theme running throughout. How was I was old Lucas's voice? Ah, oh, flawless, man. Flawless like if you've never seen holding absence live, how that man sounds on record is how he sounds live and if anything he sounds slightly better live because you can feel it as well yeah get yeah, all the all the emotion
1: the raw unfiltered emotion
0: total non-stop emotion speakers into your brain <laughs> But yeah, holding absence on Friday, they were amazing. You've got Lorna Shaw heading out on a UK tour. I don't know when it starts, but I know they're in Birmingham on Tuesday, London on Thursday. Probably tonight.
1: Yeah, probably tonight.
0: There's a band playing in Birmingham tonight as well, aren't they?
1: I do not know, John. I do not know. Movements. Movements. They are a good band. I was listening to them today, actually. Oh, yeah. I didn't know they were in town. Yeah. Um, Can't be in two places at once. Also, big news today. Oh. Guess who's back? back, back again. again nickel's back tell a friend some men
0: oh tell some men
1: because i imagine there'll be a lot of men <laughs> a lot of excited I don't know. I don't know, of excited man. men
0: like i feel like nickelback's demographic isn't as cock heavy as it used to be yeah like i feel like TikTok virality has done a bit to broaden the horizons for Nickelback fans it's not as much of a sausage fest as it probably was in the early 2000s
1: and today they've announced it's the first UK tour in six years and they're going to be I mean it's only four dates but still a tour you get you get enough chad to go around Non stop chat. Glasgow, Manchester, London, Birmingham.
0: Yep. And, and I actually knew Europe. about this tour slightly before everyone else did because I had to voice a promo oh. for the radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um. I, got, I got the exclusive on it.
1: Yeah, get rolling, world tour.
0: Have you seen the promo video they've done for it? No. Nah. Uh, we, we could play it, but we get demonetized straight away because they're basically just... It's Chad and someone else in the band just basically going, what song should we play? Do people want to hear Burn It To The Ground? Do they want to hear Animals? Like that kind of shit.
1: Too Bad It's one of my favourites. Too Bad chain it's um, why a hero can
0: save
1: did us. they ever play that yeah did they? yeah man i fucking love that song and a shout out spider-man 2 spider-man 2 one of the best video games twice <laughs> it's happened spider-man Spider-Man 2. spider-man 2 the original video game was great and spider-man 2 the ra- latest one it was great as well damn
0: <laughs> i played them all let's go this is a gaming show as well as a music show my friends
1: Yeah. Not often you have a support better than the headliners. Sorry, John support
0: says Craig, Craig McKinnis. Is that in reference to Nickelback?
1: Nickelback, who's who's supporting?
0: Lottery winners.
1: Lottery winners. I haven't heard them. Are they good?
0: Not better than Nickelback, Craig.
1: Nickelback were my first ever arena show in two thousand and two, off the um, Silver. S- that album, Silver Bullet. <laughs> nah, it's something Silver. The one with how you remind me on.
0: Yeah, chain.
1: And it was them at Manchester M E N Arena. My dad took me and my friend. Let's go. Who supported? Can you remember? Yeah, Fury of a dead man.
0: <laughs> Toad. <laughs> Toad supported. Oh my god. Yeah. That's definitely a support band that isn't better than that. But right
1: it's there. like everyone rips on Nickelback, but that era of Nickelback
0: was Fucks. sick.
1: Like it's, it's weird because it's like it's, it became a joke to like Nickelback, but then I feel
0: like their popularity has never gone down. No if anything it just got bigger and bigger they talked about that on an episode of Busting with the Boys which is a great podcast it's run by two former NFL players Taylor Luanen and Will Compton and they had Chad Kroger and this other guy whose name I should probably learn because he seems to do a lot of their promo and they basically said that the whole it's cool to hate Nickelback thing stemmed from a DFS advert in the UK. Is it? Yeah. And it was like like, like this DFS advert basically made out that Nickelback was shit. And then it was like, yeah, it, was the, it. it was the first instance of like a global meme emanating from like a really random point, And it stuck for years.
1: Just some person at DFS on, yeah. the, like, on the marketing <laughs> team just like, do you know who I hate? Nickelback. And I've got a platform. Yeah. Let's put it into a very <laughs> oh that, that's mad
0: craig you need to shut up very much in reference to a band that will never headline download despite your admirable fight i tell you what right i don't oh, want to get on a fucking soapbox right now i wonder
1: if because you know this year the head, uh you said like they asked loads of different bands to headline yeah do you reckon it was uh they asked nickelback
0: could have done it, but if they've got a 2024 tour lined up already then that was never gonna yeah, happen. yeah also i reckon Chad wants a. Chad bit. ain't
1: cheap. <laughs> Chad <laughs> wants that cheese. Chad wants that cheddar. More like Chad Nogra. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Does that, does that work? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> There's a, a pun for you. But Nickelback Tour 2024. Who's going? I'll be getting tickets to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to go. Yeah. I imagine they put on a good. They're tight station. as fuck, man.
1: I remember, like, I I was a big Nickelback fan in one. In Past my early... tense? Oh, it's been a it's, it's <laughs> been a while. Well, it's been a while. That's stained, isn't it? I was a big stain <laughs> fan as well. But I did have a live DVD. Do you remember DVDs? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> remember those DVDs? What did DVD stand for? Digital virtual. Digital video disc. Yeah, there I don't you go. know. Yeah. I'm I'm, video yeah, I'm guessing virtual. CDs compact disc, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had the, it must have been like the big tour of that album cycle that I went to. They had a DVD live show and I used to watch it all like every week. Let's go. Do you remember like when you were a kid, you used to watch, I think maybe it was because we didn't have the internet really, but I used to watch DVDs like all the time, like the same thing. Like I, there's some films
0: I watched like So many times, yeah, man. I like Like every week. I like as as someone with like heavily undiagnosed ADHD, a big thing of mine is watching things to fall asleep to. Yeah, and when I was an early teenager there was a terrible film that dane cook starred in called employee of the month did you ever watch that no yeah not many people did however i could probably stills this day recite every line from that film just (laughs) because i had it on dvd and it was one of like my dvd player hated dvds but it was one of the few ones that actually worked on my dvd player yeah well
1: there's sometimes you could get like an import dvd that didn't work on uk players uh like a (laughs) yeah um what was mine? I used to watch Fast and Furious. Oh. <laughs> the family. original. Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. But on the on the DVD extras, they have like some music videos on there that were in the film. And one of them is that saliva click, click, boom song.
0: A what like a that. tune.
1: Click, click, boom. <laughs> Something's like, I'm burning down on the radio. <laughs> Blowing up the stereo or something like that. Not
0: as good as P.O.D.'s boom, though. Nah. Here comes the boom.
1: Here comes the boom. Boom. Boom! Ready or that. <laughs> what a time of music. And, uh, We're taking you back to the early noughties in this show. Yeah. It's. Nickelback, Saliva, POD. Stained. Stained. <laughs> Best <laughs> band. Best band name.
0: I fucking hate Stained as a band name. It's I hate Stained as a band, to be honest with you. I don't know why it's got like. They emerged out of nowhere on the radio playlist, and I couldn't for the life of me work out why. When?
1: Recently. Recently,
0: yeah. It's like there was Have a stained a resurgence. resurgence, yeah. I know. Yeah. I haven't seen a res- stained resurgence. Uh, it's happening. Do you know, what, Archie,
1: when we were in America, on the main stages of Louder Than Life, between bands, they kept they kept some being a stained advert that came up.
0: Disgusting.
1: Maybe they've got... They're in with DWP.
0: Yeah. I did find that a couple of times with the US festivals, like how weirdly big some bands were over there compared to over here, like it's, God, Godsmack.
1: It's the... Drive Time, Radio Rock. So like all like that sort of like proper American rock. The bands with the singers that sound like, Yeah, hell yeah, fuck yeah. I'm Amy Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Amy (laughs) Lee. All those American bands. Because it's like, because obviously like you're driving home from work, you're in your big fucking truck and like you put on those sort of radio stations and all they play is those songs. Because it's like, but it, it translates more
0: to that audience over here it's been rebranded divorced dad rock
1: yeah yeah divorced (laughs) have you ever seen have you seen divorced dads on tiktok no so there's this guy and you know like people pull like pokemon cards yeah and like do reveals of the pokemon cards he's created this divorced dads pack and each (laughs) one's just like just a different thing that's (laughs) associated with divorced dads it's great
0: (laughs) i'm here for it Let's which give...
1: i mean godsmack should definitely be in there yeah without a shadow of a doubt like godsmack cd yeah so what Divorced dads disturbed disturbed although they're still big over here i guess mm. but yeah godsmack i don't think they could what do you reckon they could do over like roundhouse or something
0: optimistically speaking yeah like i probably wouldn't go much higher than shepherd's bush
1: yeah but in america they're like arenas
0: yeah Theory of a Dead Man, they're another one. Yeah. Like, but they're weirdly big over here. I've never understood that. I guess they're sort of in the same crowd as Nickelback, and they? Don't even dare put Toad and Nickelback in the same sentence. <laughs> right, we've also got some other news that isn't related to Divorced Dad Rock, and that is the first batch of bands announced for Reading Festival 2024. Should I get it up? Jay? Get them up, get them up, get them up Hi. Bit of white trash millionaire, But... I actually think I went on record on this show to say Blink were going to headline Reading next year. Yeah. So maybe it's down to you. It was <laughs> They were it. listening. It wasn't. It was down to the rescheduled tour dates. The yeah. Because Travis Barker couldn't make some of the... It was Glasgow and Ireland. That so it, was a, it was a
1: weird announcement because it wasn't like, here's like half the lineup like they usually do. It was here's 10 bands. Ish. Yeah. So you got the headliners, Liam. If you want. Liam G. You got... Catfish Terrible bands Like I didn't realize their headliner Level Yeah unfortunately I don't think They're a bad band I think they're a good band Really They got some big tunes Like what <laughs> I can't name them There we go <laughs> um, Skrillex Who isn't, isn't a headliner, headliner But that, I think he could Yeah he should be a headliner
0: Surely It blows my mind That Skrillex isn't And then someone Who we'll get to in a second Unless is. he's He might be
1: doing Like headlining One of the tents Like the radio He'll
0: band. be headlining The dance tent for yeah, sure man. There they there are, they are. Mark, Tom, and Trav. So, yeah, if, if you missed what I was talking about, basically Blink182 missed a couple of tour dates off their most recent UK headline tour and they had to reschedule them. And the announcement about the rescheduled dates came out and the Glasgow and Ireland date are the week after Reading and Leeds uh, Festival. So, it didn't take much to yeah. figure that one out.
1: Jerry Cinnamon. Ever heard of him?
0: Nope. Me either. No. Nope.
1: <laughs> Am I out of touch or is it the kids are out of Big fan of his toast, though. Cinnamon Crunch. Cinnamon Graham's, yeah. Are they called that anymore? Probably not. Golden Graham's. Were they even called? Gra- Are they called Graham's anymore? I don't
0: know. Yeah. That, that joke <laughs> felt very very flat.
1: It That's... wasn't even a joke. I was just I was trying to think. Minded. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Spirit Box. That'll be probably the best announcement. I
1: hope they're playing like the main stage. Yeah, That'd I
0: genuinely sick. do. I like. I don't want that to be the token like. Rock, what they call the rock stage? Is it the pit still?
1: The pits, no more.
0: I think it's just like the the lockup stage. Yeah, Yeah. I don't want them to be like the token band that get put on there to like make the rock fans happy. I want Spirit Box, main stage, and a real decent fucking time. Remember when
1: Architects and Parkway played the main stage?
0: Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And then, or should I say, and again? Fred again. Fred again. Dot, dot. Headlining, which I hope Fred is. You know how they have like main stage East and main stage West yeah. and like the, the I one, guess
1: one's like a, f- a proper headliner. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah.
0: And the other one's like a filler headline. Yeah. I hope they have the proper headliner slot because do they switch though between Reading and Leeds. Or is it the same? Headliners. Yeah. Yeah. They switch. No, they're, no, they keep them the same. Do they? Yeah. But given the fact that Liam is definitely going to be one of the big headliners on one stage, Blink are definitely going to be one of the big ones. Yeah. That then leaves that third slot pretty open, which, like, I don't want wait, to. Wait, be, wait, wait. There's, no, there's still more. Yeah. Yes.
1: Lana's definitely going to be the top. You reckon? I reckon. It
0: doesn't say the days, is it? Um, oh, wait, does it? No. Yeah, they've get, they have put day splits out, though. But yeah, yes. read again. Yeah. I he'll he'll, have, have, lo- he'll have
1: loads of guests joining in money.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But do you know what's fucked up? Him and Skrillex aren't on the same day. Are they not? No. mate. That mate, Maybe yeah, go, go. there's
1: like a crossover they can like team up in one of them. Because sometimes they don't, they have a day off. In the
0: if league. it did, that would probably be a Reading, wouldn't it? But yeah, if you go back a couple of slides to Skrillex's, I think is yeah, Sunday, Reading, Friday. Leeds. Yeah. So Sunday,
1: Sunday and Friday. So, yeah, so like he's got a day off in, in the middle.
0: What? Yeah, so Skrillex will go to Leeds, do his Leeds. When's Fred playing? Saturday at Reading. So, screw that's could come over. Yeah. And please, for the love of God, have uh, Fred again be the main, main headliner for that night. Like, give him everything. Give him the pyro. Give him time. Give him features. Let it be dark as well. Like, it makes such a difference having dance music in the dark. So, I think that's one of the reasons why people felt Pendulum yeah. was a real weird set to download this year because you missed out on Pendulum's Light Show.
2: Yeah.
1: I feel everyone was saying that. I I missed it. I had to go back to the hotel, but yeah. yeah, when I came back everyone was like it was good, but it just didn't feel like a pendulum set cuz it's yeah, it's bright out. And obviously they still have their production, they still have the lights going on. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have So the they effect. obviously
0: spent money on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then are you a Lana Del Rey fan?
1: I like her. I don't listen religiously, but I think
0: she's a very good artist. And then Rey. I don't know who Ray is.
1: I know who Ray is. She got some good songs, but you know, again, Not
0: uh I have heard of digger D though. That'll go off on the G C S (laughs) E students the GCSE stage.
1: Yeah. That's that's they should rebrand the radio (laughs) one stage. stage. (laughs) This one goes out to all you all you people
0: when you're A levels or I guess
1: GCSEs is before A levels.
0: Yeah. Who's looking forward to sixth form? So what do we make of that, my friends? Who's going to go to Reading and Leeds Festival 2024? Definitely, definitely more appealing for me personally than this year's lineup. Like there wasn't that much on this year's lineup that really gripped me or excited me.
1: Yeah, Reading's gone down that path of just putting like heavy bands few and far between on smaller stages. Yeah. Because I think like 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 I am saying, like Architects and Parkway, have played the main stage not that long ago. But I guess they sort of you yeah, they're moving with the times, going for a different uh, different market.
0: Yeah. It was like the killers for me. Like they are they are a rating band, but I they're not a band that I've ever had that much vested interest in. AW ran all in on the Sunday, so I was never gonna go on that Sunday anyway. But that was billy Eilish Day and that was probably the only headliner that I was really overly fussed about. Yeah. The nineteen seventy five are doing that album you really liked. Doing the nineteen seventy five what I don't
1: know why... Do you You don't like the 1975,
0: do you? I'm just indifferent about them. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, good band, but like, I don't listen to them in my spare time. Yeah, you should. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm at a festival, I'll go give them a watch. Yeah, well, that's the only reason I wanted to go this year. 1975. To see that, then play that w- it album. was weird seeing Sleep Token on such a small stage as well. Because that was after they'd sold Did out they, Wembley in like uh, 10 minutes.
1: Headline that stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a great day, though. That's Not been, loose from beforehand.
1: That was like we were saying sleep token are booked for so many festivals mm-hmm. obviously a year in advance and then yeah. they blew up this year so they started they were playing all these smaller slots where they should have been
0: that was working. prevalent at louder than life do you remember that how rammed that stage was although everyone
1: <laughs> it was so weird right because i sort of went to near the sound desk and i was like oh there's too many people here so i just moved to the to the left and because it was like a two-stage thing you could basically stand like quite far forward where the second stage was and see great and hear great. And yet there was a massive crowd of people just straight on from the stage going all the way back. I was like, you could just stand to the side. It'd be get a it better, be better view, better yeah. sound.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I did that. I went all the way around to the right hand side instead. Yeah. Cause I was like, I reckon there's more space. Cause there, it was, it wasn't. Just, yeah,
1: it was literally where the s- stage was all the way back as far as you could see it was people. But then yeah, to each, either side. There wasn't that many people. Yeah. Bloody sheeple. <laughs> sheeple. <Yeah. laughs>
0: well, my friends, we'll be joined by Nicky from Blood Command in less than five minutes time. Here to talk to us about a whole host of things, including a brand new album called World Domination, which came out the 29th of September, which we will be talking about in length. And then in our tour today's show, Kai and Sarah from Takedown Festival will be here and speaking of Sleep Token. They had Sleep Token headline their festival this year, which was a fucking massive fucking yeah, Sleep Token and
1: i guess it was only a one day wasn't it maybe they have tuesday i don't know know Uh, but this year it's the first time they've that's going over two days oh damn in its history let's go so we can talk to them about that hell yeah and they can take us down the memory lane Memory lane. (laughs) have you been to takedown Festival? no i've never you're not been so from what i'm aware it had like a Hiatus Hiatus Yeah Eight years apparently Yeah And so th- this year was the first year back It's changed venues
0: Yeah I went I can't remember I meant to look it up before the show started I went one year And I was doing press that year And I remember interviewing Blitz kids Remember them? Yeah Yeah Jono's band So I played
1: football with uh, James the guitar, The, the singer hey, A few times Let's go <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was fit enough to play football Yeah <laughs> Um, no, I'm just old and fine.
0: <laughs> Get out of breath just doing this. Yeah, to be fair, it doesn't help that we're three floors above the ground as well. <laughs> the altitude of it. <laughs>
1: <sighs> Three floors above sea level.
0: <laughs> Although, to be fair, do you know that about Birmingham? Birmingham's one of the highest points in the UK above sea level. Is it? Yeah. I oh, no, I not know UK in England. Didn't know that. Yeah. So,
1: pretty safe. We're, we're on in- level with what's it called
0: well we can pause (laughs) that very interesting topic of conversation (laughs) right there because right now my friends it is time to introduce to you a lead singer of a norwegian death pop group who you can find dressed head to toe in adidas welcome to the show nikki from blood
2: command hello how are you guys
1: good thank you how are you
2: i'm good i'm good i'm just like moving my camera away because i seem like extremely close for some reason not that's that.
0: all right no, you look great thank <laughs> you ever so much for joining us though we really do appreciate it no ass on at the moment though Pardon? you've not got any ass on at the moment though
2: i do actually this hat i got it oh. recently um It doesn't really look like traditional Adidas. It looks like really 90s. But um, yeah, it is an Adidas hat. That is Adidas. Super pants on too. So damn. We're still repping it. Good.
1: Good. I was going to ask have anyone from Adidas reached out? Because you're promoting that brand very much, very well in your music.
2: No. And it's funny that you ask as well because we had like we've had many people ask us and today i put a like instagram photo up basically saying like hey i wake up every day wondering when adidas will sponsor us um and everybody was absolutely shocked that we don't have a sponsorship but you know like corn got theirs after what 30 years yeah so still I'm- time <laughs>
1: Well, considering the first song on your album is dressed head to toe in in, a, in stripes. In stripes. So, it's sort of a good you've got you've got a good uh stead there for, for some branding.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> were you referring to the first song, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, the band is... with the three stripes. Yeah. yeah. I said that when we came up when Ingvar and I Ingvar, our guitarist when we came up with that title, um, you know, we were thinking what would be like the perfect title for like an Adidas sort of theme song. And um, I was like, you know, Nike has the slogan, just do it. Like, we need something like that. But the Adidas version, and he was like, the brand with the three stripes. And I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect.
3: That's
0: incredible. Like, genuinely, you need to be advising Adidas on their marketing strategy, because the fact that they haven't lent into the three stripes gimmick yet is, is pretty mental, considering how synonymous with the Adidas brand those three stripes are.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And every show we play, we, you know, we, we wear Adidas, like every member. Perfect. Um, And my twin sister who lives in Australia, she sent me quite recently this amazing red sequin Adidas like t-shirt dress um and it's like from a vintage store so it's incredible like red sequin with the big adidas logo on the front and like adidas written across the front and you know we have this sort of inter I was going to say an intermission like we're in the theater <laughs> you know, like a, sort of like a middle part of our set where we play the techno trap yeah off our record, which is called um, The Next Level Above Human. And I kind of run off stage because, you know, I just think why not bring costume changes into punk shows?
1: Hell yeah. To a Beyonce. So yeah.
2: every Blood Command concert, I always do at least three costume changes. <laughs> That's so I run off during this techno part and I put on that red sequin outfit and you know, half the time people can't even see me because I'm so short and we play in dive bars a lot of the time, <laughs> but when they can see me, they love it. But the the punchline is that I think it's a bootleg and I don't think it's even official out <laughs>
0: That's even better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it
0: still looks great well let's talk about all of the different things that you are bringing to the world of metal and to hardcore like you brought up the costume changes just then but i mean even that track the brand with the three stripes it opens with a trumpet fanfare for fuck's sake like what a way to start a tune is that what you kick your shows off with as well like a big trumpet intro
2: we, yeah, unfortunately, um, I mean, I don't want to, you know, give away any of our secrets, but unfortunately we don't have a trumpet player. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> with us, but we do have the the tr- the trumpet track playing, you know, obviously we would never use tracks ever.
0: Oh yeah, bands <laughs> don't use that what? at all in 2023. <laughs> You're telling yeah, me all these bands no don't band have an
1: orchestra.
2: Them, but um, yeah, we, we definitely have the trumpet intro and you know, the lights go out and then we all walk on one at a time. And I do this big sort of, you know, run on stage and then always try and crowd surf within the first, you know, 30 seconds or something.
0: Sick. <laughs> Just straight out like the chariot or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta start off on a high. And That's the amazing. Yeah. You know, it needs to get better from there. Set the bar high for yourself.
0: Hell yeah. Well, let's talk about the other sounds that Blood Command have, because just before we started today's show, we were listening to a tune that was acoustic and had a cowboy and cowgirl theme to it called In Losing Faith which yeah. production value for that music video is through the roof, by the way, you sold us both on the real guns. Like we, <laughs> we weren't expecting to chat to you today because we thought like you might still be dealing with like a gunshot wound to the chest, but that like <laughs> yeah. the the spectrum of sounds that you're churning out is unbelievable. Like what kind of reception do you get from the blood command fans when you do have those dotted in around like your standard hardcore metal tunes?
2: It's a really good question. Um, you know, and it's, There's sort of a little bit of a story to it, I suppose, in terms of the way we rolled out our album campaign because that Losing Faith, the song that you you speak about, that was the first song that we released off our new album, World Domination. So, you know, fans, we did the whole like live YouTube um, release where fans can kind of like chat to you. And people were like, wow, like, this is really cool. And, you know, I could tell some people might have been a little bit shocked because they've not heard Blood Command do something that soft. And then we, well, you know, with the help of our wonderful, you know, team of people who work with us, but mainly um, Ingvar and myself, we we have a lot of, you know, well, we have all of the artistic you know, vision, Um, and Ingva said, you know, I want to release three pop songs Shit. and then we're going to release three heavy songs because I want people to be shocked and I want to get them to talk. And, you know, like so the first song comes out, Losing Faith, and, you know, goes pretty damn good. And then the second song, which is actually one of my personal favourites off the record called Decades, that one's sort of like a real electronic techno-esque um, you know, ballad, we released that one. And by that stage, we're getting like haters. <laughs> um, and then we release our title track, World Domination, which was actually strangely a fun fact. It was the first pop song we wrote for the record. And we actually thought it was going to be the only pop song on there. And we had this, you know, this plan to we it was it's very inspired off post Malone. Oh, not, sorry. Not post Malone. Oh, what's the artist's name? Sorry, I looks really silly now. The song Star Shopping by
0: Star Shopping.
2: Um, See, so yeah,
1: I'm, I'm terrible at all the, the Anyway, it's to name. So, Let me
2: look sorry on Spotify.
1: Carry on. I'll find it for you.
2: But um yeah, we we've, we've uh, we released World Domination, which is a very sort of like R&B. Little Peep. Sorry, L- sorry. Little Peep.
0: Little Peep.
2: Little Peep. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. I said one. Little <laughs> Peep. My apologies. My apologies to all the Little Peep fans out there. <laughs> little Peep is cool. But, yeah, we're very inspired of this Little Peep song, Star Shopping. And um, this song has, like, me kind of doing, like, a, a rap almost well not almost i'm doing like a rap in the verses and then this the singing is very ballady it's a very heartfelt song and by that song we had like people being like i hate blood command now some people loved it people
1: are so fickle aren't they yeah they've made something i don't like this band's dead to me
2: <laughs> yeah yeah like, like that kind of, like trolling yeah. I mean,
0: comment sections filling it's, up it's the loudest
1: in the room yeah. though it's like the it's a, probably a minority of people, but they're the ones that type in all capitals That is,
2: Yeah. And like, you know, they always, people always say never read the comments. And I am a, you know, <laughs> i swear by that. Like I, I hate reading comments in with, on anything, but sadly, you know, I can't really avoid it because I run yeah. on social media. So sometimes I actually just see the comments, whether I want to or not. I don't go out of my way looking for them though. Yeah. And um, because it's the first record that I wrote on, you know, Ingvar writes everything for Blood Command and always has. And then when I joined the band, he and I co-wrote, uh, we co-write all, all the lyrics and all the ideas, are, you know, both of ours. So um, because it was the first record that I was writing on, you know, that he's had somebody write on with him, I felt that I was copying a lot of the blame for like this new direction <laughs> and people kind of like, fuck this new singer, like what the fuck, and then, you know, the fourth single drops, which is a heavy song with Screaming, which, you know, and then I think it actually worked in our favour because it made people love the heavy songs (laughs) even more.
1: Do you know what? It's it's also.
2: maybe they would have. So, yeah, it worked in the end, but there was a period there when it was feeling like some people were maybe giving up. Maybe some people are losing
1: faith. Uh, I always feel like it's yeah. it's quite good for the algorithm as well. It's like when the more people comment and stuff, it sort of shows up more for them. So yeah. it'll, even if people are like, saying negative comments, it's good for you because it puts it's it engagement. Up, it's engagement. It puts out to more people, so you get completely. more views. Yeah,
2: completely. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, we both said, you know, while we didn't expect there to be maybe that much negativity by the third pop song, um, and you know, I personally think the songs are great, but they're just not maybe what blood some blood command listeners are used to. Um, we both said we wouldn't have changed what we did anyway because it's just made people understand what we're trying to do, which is push you know
0: genres hell yeah and i think there's not enough bands willing to take that risk in this day and age like there's a lot of bands who are more than happy to sit in the pocket play it safe like not venture too far either side whereas the bands that do and this is a i'm a dj by nature and this is some advice i got given years ago which was if you want a heavy song to sound heavier play a pop song before it or play an edm tune before it, or play a dance tune before it because the lighter sounds to the human ear will set them up to not expect something heavy and then when that heaviness hits it hits twice as hard so what you're effectively doing is you're giving your live shows just an extra layer of texture making the heavy side of the blood command sound even fucking heavier
2: i totally agree with that and i also think like it's such a naive way to look at music to think like it just because the song sounds soft and pop doesn't mean there's a heavy theme there or does it just because the vocals are not as energetic doesn't mean there's as much passion there because you know it's the the slower songs that we've written are in my opinion the heaviest themes Hell yeah and you know we've also done that intentionally because with the theme of the album, you know, it's, I always say it's like essentially about loss in many ways. And we wanted to demonstrate many different kinds of loss, which we had both Inver and I had sp- experienced quite similar things at the time in our lives. Like we'd both lost our mothers, um, you know, they'd both passed away and we'd both lost previous bandmates Jeez. and we both had people turn their backs on us. And, you know, that was something that we really bonded over. And I think to write those songs, but to get, you know, all aspects of the loss across, we had to do some of the songs heavier and some of the songs softer because some of the songs are like, fuck you, how dare you leave me? I'm angry, I'm going to write a 30-second grind song. But then some other songs are like, of course they left me, I'm the biggest loser ever. And then there comes the vulnerable, softer yeah. song. So it it's, yeah, some... We, the album's been received really well and i think it's because people really understand what we were trying to do with it
0: hell yeah and i mean talking of that fuck you kind of side that you do bring to the album opening up heaven's hate with a bunch of spineless suckers you bunch of motherfuckers <laughs> is a bar that just kicks so much ass yeah
2: <laughs> but bitter maybe <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I mean, like that—that a that, uh, heavy show, like especially when you got hardcore music fans screaming words like that back at you, like that's a nice
2: adrenaline boost. It's amazing. It's amazing. There's nothing more rewarding in the world than having fans scream your lyrics back to you. It brings a tear to my eye, literally. Like even when I'm like screaming my head off, and like sweating profusely after the 50th minute of like these insane songs, I'm like. Oh my god. That's so beautiful. I <laughs> really like I it. I love you all. I'm like, now circle pit now motherfucker. Kill each other.
1: <laughs> I love you
0: but kill each other.
2: Yeah. Respectfully. Oh,
0: That sums me up on stage perfectly, though. That's amazing. Well, one thing I wanted to ask about—you did actually touch on it just then—was you joining the band because you've only been an active member of Blood Command for about two years now. You joined in twenty twenty one, and
2: yeah, technically twenty
0: twenty, but oh damn, pandemic.
2: Good research. Yeah, something Uh,
0: something happened then.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was
0: just, uh... but what I wanted to ask you was with this new material, World Domination, is it the fact that Blood Command shows live now are only performing songs that you've been on or are you performing songs from Blood Command's full catalogue?
2: Yeah, um, it's a very good question. We perform, um, obviously right now we're doing the World Domination tour. So a lot of the songs are off World Domination, but we do a bunch of old songs we do one quite old song in there which is great for the fans um so when i was asked to join in 2020 my uh previous band we were a hardcore band from melbourne called pagan we weren't like you know world famous but we did a lot of european and uk yeah
1: i think i saw you at slam dunk
2: oh yeah we did play yeah. slime dunk oh cool that's so cool that you're there i was
1: actually with one of my friends bands and we were playing just after you so oh, we saw what i saw watched you i think if i remember you were drinking a bottle of wine and you yeah spilled it. it was like I, my stage. yeah <laughs> and I it was all over you
2: the andrew wk yeah wine. <laughs> nice wine, like pouring red wine over me <laughs> to head to toe out of ass. you know i've always got to have like a thing <laughs> love that but, um, weirdly my my guitar player my now guitar player ingva he read this article that um i did for i think it was like kerrang and um they basically you know just did an interview with me and about my influences and they said if uh, i said a quote like if karen No from yeah, yeah yes, yes and dennis lixon have refused an international noise conspiracy, etc. If Dennis Lixon and Carano had a baby, that would be me. Um, as in, like, that's who I, you know, have been inspired by the most musically. And Ingvar, on the other side of the world, like I'm in Australia then, and he's in Norway. You probably can't yeah. get further away if you tried. Um, he read this article and he was like, holy crap, that's we, want, we want her two favourite and biggest influences and who is this girl? And he like, you know, looked up Pagan and like became a big fan. And then at the same time, my bass player of Pagan, um, he introduced me to Blood Command. He said, look, there's this amazing Norwegian band. They're like, they kind of sound like Pagan, but like a more pop version. And I was like, all right, I'll check them out. And they I listened to their title track off their 2017 album, Cult Drugs, and I instantly thought it was fantastic. And then, um, you know, Pagan breakup, just due to, you know, personal reasons, the guys didn't want to tour anymore. I was quite heartbroken. I wasn't ready for the band to end, but I respected their decisions. And then I just get a message from a random Norwegian guy saying, hey, we really aren't happy with our singer. We want to get rid of her and, you know, we would love you to join the band. Damn. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I love your band and I think I can, not dissing anyone, but I think I can bring (laughs) a lot more to the band and I think I'm the right fit for you guys.
1: That's so cool. How How does yeah. that work logistically? Whereabouts are you based now?
2: Um, I was, so I uh, moved from Melbourne, Australia to Bergen in Norway. Yeah. I was there for one year and I've, I've relocated to Oslo. So nice. mm-hmm. I'm obviously in the band. I still rehearse every week on my own with instrumental track. <coughs> um, I just, it was a little bit hard doing long distance from my partner because he is in Oslo. So, Fair. you know, I... I It was a a tough decision to make, but Bergen is so pretty. Like, I don't know if you guys have been there before. I was going to say, I
1: haven't been to Norway, but I've seen pictures and it looks amazing.
2: If you go, like, Bergen is the place to go, because you never even believe how beautiful this place is. But it was just a little bit too small for me, being a big city Mm. girl. Mm. So Oslo just – it just fits me a bit better, I think, yeah. And it's not far from Bergen. Yeah.
1: I like that in your music you you do have some of those, like – little norwegian influences like the black metal you have a lot of blast beats going on is that something yeah. something the band bring into that
2: yeah our song um the plague on both your houses we filmed that um wanting to emulate like one of Immortals' mortals music yeah. videos too and i think we pretty successfully did that like i think people get the joke you know
3: <laughs> See, That's serious. i
2: love the norwegian <laughs> cheesy stuff yeah but the boys in my band like before i joined they were like, no, it's lame, it's cliche. I was like, no, we need to, like, capitalize on this. Hell yeah. Like, it's so funny seeing people in Adidas, like,
0: <laughs> blast Black
1: metal
2: forest. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense, yeah. but it works so well for Blunt Command. And I think it's been the right move for sure. <laughs>
0: that's amazing i just wanted to rewind one second because my follow-up question was basically off the back of asking you if you still play older blood command songs
2: oh yes sorry. no no
0: don't apologize don't apologize i love where the conversation went like i want to travel to norway now you're a great (laughs) like tourist ambassador for the country of norway but what's it like as a vocalist joining a new band and singing songs and lyrics someone else has written is that weird
2: it's really it that's a again like great question. It was it's really hard because I'm a songwriter. So and I have, as you can probably tell by this interview, I have a lot to say. <laughs> Hell yeah. So <laughs> so you know I I struggled because we recorded um our 2020. 2021 release, um, Praise Armageddonism. We recorded that while I was stuck in Melbourne during COVID. Um, it was already recorded with, uh, Karina, the previous vocalist's voice on the record, but all the songs were written by Inva. Like they weren't her lyrics. So, right. you know, he was just basically getting someone else to sing his lyrics. So in that aspect, it was good because I was able to ask him, what is this about? What does it mean to you? Because when I go in the studio, I have to, I really have to know what I'm singing. And I like to express that, like emo- like those emotions, like in- Especially way. with the
0: scream as well. Like you need to know yeah, what you're like, screaming Yeah, like
2: I need to know what I'm saying and I need to visualize it while I'm doing it. Um, and he was really helpful and, you know, obviously explained what everything meant. And I found my own way of interpreting that into my, from my life experiences. And, you know, while if, if you know, I could turn back time and co-write re- the lyrics with him, of course I would want to, but in saying that I think he did just an amazing job, I think is one of the best songwriters I've ever come across. Um, and I just felt really privileged to sing such amazing songs. And then, you know, he's such an established producer and songwriter, and for him to trust me then to write with him, you know, I'm the only person he's ever written with and I'm the only person he's ever written with, which is really crazy because I thought it would just (laughs) end in a shit show, but it just worked. So we're really lucky to you know find each other but yeah it was it, it was really it was difficult singing somebody else's lyrics yeah. and then you know the live shows because we perform some of the older songs it can be tricky you know because yeah. some of the songs they're just not the way i would have delivered them vocally so i've kind of kind of tried to emulate the way that uh, the past singer has done it and you know i do my best but i also have a bit of a nikki spin because I am me and I've got Hell my yeah. voice, so I try and do it to the closest I can. But you know, I can't have the same voice as someone else. So, is it the
1: yeah. the two of I you? Is it the two of you singing on "Losing Faith"? Like, yes, yeah. The, yeah. Your your voices
0: go so well together. Yeah, oh, especially my, stripped down you. like
1: that.
2: Yeah, I think so too. It was really amazing as well because I said to Inva, you know, one thing I want in this, no, two things I want in this record but one of them we didn't accomplish. One of them was a song, no, sorry, three things. One of them was a song with Just Ingver, Tick, which is the last track on the record, Tetragram. The second one was a song that we sing together, Tick, Losing Faith. And, you know, he produces everything, so he gets the final say, but, you know, we discussed a lot of creative ideas. And the third one was for me to do a dog bark, which I didn't get. What?
1: But we will get there <laughs> one day. <laughs> Do
2: full. Uh... Or maybe he just hated that idea and just never spoke of it again.
0: Go full <laughs> not, not loose.
2: <laughs> That's amazing.
3: <laughs>
0: Counting worms needs a sequel. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for the dog bark, people.
0: that's incredible well one thing i wanted to talk to you about especially on new singles was the forever soldiers tune because it's a very interesting concept of a song like filming it in a church we've got a couple of pals in Vakovy who recently got into some trouble from the church that they filmed their music video in and yeah the the church didn't take too kindly to the final product i'm guessing because you yours was slightly more innocent it was just like hey we're just wearing adidas like
2: it's actually um again i keep saying this to you this isn't me kissing your ass this is genuinely another good question um i myself am an atheist um but the some of the members of blood command are actually christian so that you someone who knew the person who runs the church um and you know they just asked to hear the song and you know we respected it we weren't you know doing any illegal activity in there we had a you know a couple of beers in there but we cleaned up after ourselves we didn't make a mess and they were totally cool with it they were just yeah really nice like again i don't you know believe in anything in particular but i think that You
0: know, you'd you'd think
1: wine would be fine. Some
2: Christian people are all right, you know. Some Christian people are cool. Yeah. Some some Christian people suck, like anybody, you know. (laughs) I'm
0: surprised you didn't bust out the (laughs) pagan red wine.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Drinking his his Christ's blood. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cool shooting in there. It worked really well. And I weirdly got like this added ass tracksuit, which was like a cream color. And it just went like perfectly with the altar. Like the whole thing just worked very seamlessly
0: that's amazing and i mean like forever soldiers is a tune as well like i feel like your voice like shines really well on that it remind it's interesting to hear your influences you were talking just then because it reminded me a lot of you know wade from alexis on fire the 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 way your sort of false fold rasp kind of hits throughout that tune like that combination of like singing but also screaming at the same time i did feel like in parts like there was a bit of alexis on fire going on in there but that tune fucks
2: thank you so much that song is a really special one too because that's actually about ingva's mum who died and her amazing um was esther um and yeah he wrote that um song about her and then um there's another track on the record called blue north which is like a heavier more artsy kind of sounding track and that one's about my mum. so it's really nice we both got to put a song about each of our mums on there and yeah forever soldiers of essays another one of my favorites
0: that's so beautiful and i'm guessing they're getting played in in the world domination tour that is kicking off this week
2: Sorry, what was the question? Is it gonna be
0: I'm guessing they're getting played in the set list for the world yeah, domination yeah, tour? Yeah.
2: And um, my my mum's song isn't, which I'm not um complaining about because like it would be a little bit heavy. But um yeah, Inver's mum's song is certainly in there. And it's one of the one of the crowd favorites for sure. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. That's so yeah, awesome.
2: It is, it is. I'm really proud of him for doing that too. I think it's really brave to yeah.
0: be. Able to- for sure. And like and having to go out there every night and play that song and, you know, obviously when you're playing those songs, you often start reliving certain memories. So for him to, you know, effectively be expressing his pain to a room full of people, but having that level of catharsis where he's turned something painful into something beautiful, like it's a nice moment all around, not just for the band, but for him as well.
2: It is, it really is. And like, you know, it's, it's one of the last songs we play in the set and like, I do a little talky bit before it and I you know, say that it's about his mom, and, like, even right now, like, it makes me a bit teary-eyed, like, I get teary-eyed on stage, like, talking about it because it's so, you know, I kind of say it's so um, amazing that he wrote that for her and how proud he would be of, how proud she would be of him.
0: Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And like, loss of a parent is a very hard thing for anyone to go to. And it's something that everyone goes through twice. I mean, my old man passed away five years ago. And it's one of those things that whenever you meet people who've been through that kind of experience, it's a very specific pain that, you know, only few people who've been through at that time can relate to. And obviously, you know, it happens twice to everyone, because you have to lose a mother and a father at some point. But it's, it's such a specific kind of pain when, you know, one of the people responsible for bringing you into this world leaves it.
2: Yeah, it totally is. And like as I was sort of saying like earlier, it was, you know, one of the things that got that made me and Inver so close so quickly. Because um, like, you know, I came to Norway not too long after my mother passed away uh, and my father had passed away the year before. Jeez. So um, you know, it was like this really Crappy time in my life, and then my band broke up, and it was just fucking. And you were just like
0: hard reset everything.
2: Oh yeah, I was a mess, you know. But um, you know, and I got to Norway, and I'd never met my band ever. I'd never met them face to face. Damn, that's and that's was, scary. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Just nice to meet you. <laughs> and I think like if I didn't go through that hardship, then I probably wouldn't have done it. Like I probably wouldn't have just moved to Norway never having met my band because who the hell does that yeah that is literally psychotic <laughs> I mean we'd already recorded the album together and everything though so it was a bit too late to turn back <laughs> it's like, um, I've changed your mind
1: yeah. oh so you recorded <laughs> before you did even I met yeah
2: me and Ingle were like you know kind of reminiscing the other day and he goes yes you know, do you fucking remember when He probably didn't say that because he's not Australian. (laughs) He went, Do you remember when you know I met you at the airport? You come to my house to sleep on my couch for four months because we were supposed to be doing this 36 date tour with Cval attack, which got postponed because of COVID. That's we ended up recording world domination. Anyway, he goes, Do you remember when you arrived? And you come into my house, you know. We sit down. I've just gotten off the plane after what you know, thirty hours in transit or whatever from Australia, and you know, I think we both open a beer or something. We've just met face to face. You know, we've only only ever had Zoom meetings. Recorded this album, which was essentially him producing over Skype and a sound engineer in the other room from me, and then he got, and then he just within ten minutes, we're both just sitting there having a heart-to-heart about like our dead parents and crying and from that minute, I was like, we are gonna have no problem getting along. Like we are already best friends.
0: (laughs) That's So so beautiful.
2: It's a very sad thing, but the grief definitely brought us together.
0: A hundred percent. And look at the products that you guys are reaping because of it. I mean, this bond, this connection that you formed translates to this world domination record. Like now diving deeper into your psyche and where you were and where some of the themes and the concepts of this record have come from. Like it's understandable how like these stars have meshed so well when that's your origin story for world domination.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And and I've never been more proud of something I've worked on ever. So yeah I'm very happy with that and I feel it's just an added bonus to get you know people loving it because I you know essentially I want listeners to get something out of it but I don't really care for reviews and you know as I said I don't like reading comments but it has been received very well and I am that's just an
0: added bonus for something you work so hard on you know hell yeah well thank you ever so much for your time today nikki we really really do appreciate it world yeah, domination for having
2: me guys. That's all right. it was yeah. that's great. guys
0: anytime and anytime you've got something to promote anytime that you want to jump on the show and rant or talk like this show is yours feel free to come join us anytime that you awesome.
2: want awesome i'll hold you to it <laughs> absolutely just send
1: you a zoom link link every week yeah, yeah. And just jump in yeah,
0: there if you need it well <laughs> yeah my okay. friends, don't forget the World Domination is out now. The World Domination Tour is kicking off this Friday in Bristol at the Rough Trade. And then you're off to our hometown of Birmingham on the Saturday at the Flapper. Ooh, so, yes. So, yeah, we'll, we'll try and make it along to that show because I really want to hear a couple of these tunes live, especially that techno number you were teasing.
2: Yes, exactly. Thanks so much, guys. Amazing. See you at Thank see you ever so
0: Christian. much. Yeah. My friends, yeah.
2: show some love for Nikki from
0: Blood Command. Woo! Thank you so much. Oh, what a chat. What a chat. What a lass. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, my friends, that is it for our one of today's show. We will see you in hour two where we are going to be joined by Kai and Sarah from Takedown Festival. Yeah. See you in a bit. There we go straight back into it my friends welcome back to the john mahon show powered as always by forever loud and it is time to introduce to you our two guests on today's show please show a lot of love and appreciation for kai and sarah from takedown festival hi how are we good how are you guys we're very good indeed thank you ever so much for the time
4: it's our pleasure
0: we really do appreciate it and in fact one of the reasons why we're slightly late jumping back on into our two of the shows because i was trying to find out when it was that i went to takedown fest when it was 2014 14
3: yeah it's a good year
0: a very good year and i was reminiscing about interviewing blitz kids that year yeah, R.I.P. Blitz Kids, but that was a yeah, as you said, very strong year and a couple of Welsh bands. Funeral for Friend and Kids in Glass Houses headlined that year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. We've we always had the uh, the Welshies take Takedown for some reason. Was... <laughs> great, great yeah. source. <laughs> yeah, music. Yeah, good, good source of rock bands.
1: Yeah, so you you had Skindred this year.
3: Yes, yeah, second time they've uh, yeah. they've had
1: and them, Sleep you know? Token, which was I, I was we were talking about this before. I imagine you probably booked them before they absolutely skyrocketed in popularity. How was that?
3: Yeah, to the extent that we actually had a a board meeting shortly after I booked them with a fair chunk of our artist budget and was quizzed. uh quite closely as to whether i knew what i was doing or not which obviously i I did
0: it was a gamble that definitely played off well let's talk about bringing takedown festival back this year when did the conversation start and obviously with a band like sleep token in your contacts list booking them as a headline set was a a no-brainer as well
4: yeah well the conversation sort of started maybe six to twelve months before the event or maybe even before that so we're obviously a husband and wife team um, we've known each other for decades and we came out of the pandemic and decided to go freelance and, and to set the festival back up. But really, we weren't really too sure whether or not it was actually going to be a thing. And I dared you to post on social media and he did. And then all of a sudden there was a massive demand for it. So we thought, OK, maybe we've got something here
3: yeah i think there was a certain amount of skepticism to start with because uh having done takedown for many years i knew how much work was involved and sarah hadn't done a festival before so i had some (laughs) trepidation like you know post-pandemic not the best economical climate it's an awful lot of work i don't know if anyone even remembers it and uh then sarah yeah like she says encouraged me to uh poke the bear so to speak and uh all the social media lit up like is it coming back and everyone was into it so who am i to argue
1: that's amazing how many years was it since the last one,
3: 2015. So 15, eight, years eight years between events. Damn.
1: Yeah. Did, was it? Did you have? Was it this year? You had the change of venue as well. That's right. Yeah. How uh, how Portsmouth come you Field. decided to move from? Was it Southampton before?
3: Yeah, Southampton University. Yeah. It was, and, and longer ago than that, Salisbury City Hall. Mm. And so it's jumped around a few times as an event. Um I think we we, we did approach the original site, um but I spoke to Portsmouth. Uh, Guildhall as well, because we did want to expand uh, on the original setup and have a bigger stage as well, which has obviously paid off massively. Um, and i think by the end of the first meeting they actually had excitedly unraveled blueprints of the site across the table and were working out what they could do to expand the event and um which was exactly the sort of energy i needed really so um they got the job (laughs)
0: love that and in terms of the general rock music population traveling around rock music fans have always enjoyed going to a different city going to somewhere that maybe isn't their hometown and with With Takedown Festival being a nice, pretty scenic location, I can imagine it's not much of a hard sell to rock fans. But hey, do you want to go to somewhere that isn't London for something that's pretty exciting?
4: Yeah, everybody likes a day out to the seaside, (laughs) basically. As long as the weather's good, then you're going to have a lovely time.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And with Takedown Festival, what... I personally love the most about the lineup is it's such a great opportunity for new bands to be able to turn around and say, hey, we've been booked for a festival. For a lot of bands, it might even end up being their first festival performance. How is your picking process like in terms of scouting the new artists that you're given the opportunities to?
4: Oh, that is a big question. So a lot of it is organic. Um, we're also national promoters as well. So we're constantly working with bands up and down the country. And um, whether they come through support slots or through um, managers or other contacts that we know, we're generally made aware of of bands or we'll work with them. Um, and then if we genuinely like them, they end up on the bill, is what seems to happen at the moment.
3: Yeah, I think it's a mix of things, really. I think some of the bands would... We... Just genuinely scouting. We think, you know, these guys are definitely going to be something over the next couple of years, which if you look at any of the previous posters is quite often the case. Um, And then some bands simply, we think these guys are great. We want to give them a shot um and then we've got a, a, a local uh, scheme running as well where we um we run a sort of battle of the bands type thing with local artists for them to have an opportunity to play the event as well so there's yeah plenty of plenty of opportunity for for new acts
1: love that is there any bands that you've had in the past that maybe were quite low on the bill that are now huge
3: uh well creeper for one
1: yeah oh, damn uh, headlining this year
3: Headlining this year. Uh so Mallory Knox started off opening the festival and then ended up headlining the festival two years later. Don Broco, Young Buried Guns,
4: tomorrow.
3: Buried Tomorrow. Yeah, they've they've all they're, they're all little logos somewhere yeah. on those posters in the past, uh which yeah, some of them we can't even probably wouldn't even be able to get to the event anymore.
0: Yeah, especially Mallory Knox. It breaks my heart every time they come for conversation because I'm like, they were such a fucking good band. Yeah, yeah like absolutely. if I was a festival promoter, I'd be busted to be like, you know what? How how big of a check do I have to write out of curiosity
3: <laughs> to get you boys back together? Oh, yeah, there's been a few of those conversations. <laughs> how much for a reunion? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's amazing well I mean looking at this 2024 lineup, I mean you've done such a fantastic job on putting through bands who are not just friends of our show but you know great UK talent I mean we've had a lot of work done with Lake Malice like we've interviewed those guys a bunch of times like uh, Blake and Aliche like two very talented musicians and employed to serve they came through Birmingham um, a couple of weeks ago on Halloween and it just seems like in terms of the selection and the diversity of bands you've got bands who You know, some of them are still in the process of cutting their teeth like the late Malice's, but employed to serve a band that have been around for a good few years and, you know, making significant headway. Like in terms of your personal music tastes, how much of that is involved in terms of putting together a lineup? Do you have to like go, oh, I really like this band. I want to I want to put them on my festival.
3: Yeah. All, yeah basically yeah all of the above really yeah. i mean sarah's a bit more in tune with the local scene uh well the the, the the sort of upcoming scene than i am uh if my when my stereo goes on it tends to be something from the 90s normally which is good because <laughs> we're we're getting to book that again now but yeah so uh, i mean yeah i mean
4: we genuinely have listened to every single band that's on the bill and they're either some of our current favorites or their favorites that we've not been able to work with until now the you know the timing with the festival and their touring hasn't quite fit and we've made it work this time but they are all bands that we love and enjoy
0: love that and one of my favorite inclusions is a being on the lineup yeah what a band
3: yeah great to have them back yeah like I was saying a minute ago it's been nice to get some bands uh from without wishing to sound disrespectful a little bit further back than perhaps we uh we normally get away with we're going up to two days that allowed us to be a, bit, a lot broader in our booking policy going all the way back to good old terrorvision from the 90s yeah. as well which is uh right in my wheelhouse hell
1: is for <laughs> heroes as well but get, they, they've had a bit of a resurgence i've seen them at a few festivals recently
0: yeah peng shui on there as well like great band fantastic band i mean talk to us about the process of becoming a day up in 2024 was it based on off the success of last year that you're like do you know what okay cool we can we can do, we can really go for this as a weekender now
4: yeah the, well the good thing with Portsmouth Guildhall is that they are an excellent partner and as soon as we agreed to progress the project with them we had a five-year plan in mind so the plan is to grow the festival each year year on year so for year one we were 3,000 cap year two we're doubling the capacity by doing two days same footprint year three we're going to push out a bit further so the way the venue is geared up we've got a huge great big square which we can hopefully rent off of the council and put some sort of tent in there for another oh, stage, stage, bigger stage. And then we we want to get to sort of fifteen thousand cap eventually, but um we'll see how it how it pans out. But at the moment we're just making sure that we can deliver a solid product that everybody enjoys. And so far the feedback's been phenomenal. You know, we've been absolutely blown away by it and uh, you know, only one or two negative or oh, why didn't you book dual or something the bill <laughs> You know, just the people that you're never gonna take. Yeah. So um yeah, it's it's great and it's great to see that we can we can build it and we can make it bigger and, and slightly more unique each year.
0: That's amazing. And especially with the live music scene being as sometimes unreliable as it is, to have that kind of contingency plan in place where you're like, cool. This is the expansion, but at the same time, like we know for a fact we can hit and we can deliver this consistently uh, over the years. And I mean, with with your festival book and churning out the names that are on this lineup, I mean, I don't think you're going to struggle with that five-year expansion plan in the slightest. Thanks,
4: fingers Fingers (laughs) crossed.
0: I think it's a good
1: representation of the uk scene as well like looking down the lineup it's pretty much all Is i think it's there one or two international bands but most of them are uk based and it's such a strong lineup and it's good to see that you can make a full festival package using most mostly uk bands
3: yeah i mean it's not necessarily by design i think obviously the problem is we're we're right at the beginning of the touring Uh, season as well um um, and that was intentional originally we figured if the as far away from the other festivals as possible then there'll be uh less crossover there but that works in our favor to an extent but yeah it does mean we have to catch uh, us bands just right but as sarah said with some expansion hopefully we'll come a little bit more budget and we'll start being able to get those Uh, fly-ins and uh, more international acts on
1: the bill i don't think it takes away from it i think it's nice to see a festival with just like the best of the homegrown talent
0: well download pilot that was a fantastic example of how you can actually put together an all uk band lineup if you really want to yeah absolutely yeah the talent is there yeah a hundred percent and it's it's nice for them to have a stage like this and in terms of creating a festival like how much is involved in the process in not only starting your own festival but then finding the resources in booking and putting it all together like what was the origin story of takedown festival
3: wow i think mean, we've got to go all the way back to 2008 um okay. and i, I suppose sort of a combination of things really one was just to put something that would get my company at the time kind of on the map something a bit bigger than the uh, smaller shows we were doing Um, and really just uh, sort of open doors in terms of being able to do something a bit bigger and and talk to those agents and get those bigger bands. Um, And uh, always to to help launch the smaller acts as well with a view of them becoming bigger over time Um, and that you can sort of track the progress of some of these bands through the festival since uh, since all the way back to that time, I think one of the first ones was uh, Yumi at six uh, and berry tomorrow, if I recall. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it works. <laughs> With
4: regards to like, the infrastructure side of things, it was very much done on a DIY shoestring budget. So it was essentially mates fest. So who could we get to, to help or well, who could Guy get? Because I wasn't involved at that point into to helping us actually run the event. And now it's a much slicker um organisation. So where we're partnered with the venue, we've got all of their infrastructure. So it, it works really nicely and really slick. And everybody has a great time on the day, whether that be fans or artists, all of the bands came back and said, right, can we play again, because we love the environment, we love the you know, backstage area, and, and just them hanging around and, and having a good time, hardly any of the bands left after they performed, <laughs> which was great for us because we got to see everybody.
3: Yeah, it's a really good setup. up. Um, uh, but yeah, but as Sarah says, it's, it's stepped up significantly in level of professionalism in its uh, eight year hiatus. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. And in terms of challenges that people probably aren't aware that festivals face, like what what are some of the logistical nightmares of putting together a festival that your average festival goer probably wouldn't think of?
4: A really good example actually is this year. So last year, or I say last year, twenty twenty three bookings were relatively easy to do because everybody had come out of the pandemic. Everybody wanted to play. We're now booking 2024 we've booked 2024 and suddenly everybody's on album writing cycle yeah. so there isn't that demand but there isn't the availability of the headliners there so we then end up in a situation where we have limited resources as far as headliners go and agents expecting really high offers or the major festivals, unfortunately, using their 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 might and slapping massive exclusivity clauses yeah. on festivals. So it it's never easy trying to work out what the right headliner is. But this year's been especially <laughs> tricky because of those conditions.
3: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough year to be a, a small festival this year. And it's not just us as well. We've spoken to other people and uh, it was slightly bigger than us as well. We we're having very similar issues.
0: Yeah, we had James from 2000 Trees Festival on this show last year just before Trees went ahead. And that exclusivity contract was something that he brought up where he said, you know, sometimes there are like political landscapes that you have to navigate within the music world where it is the case that, yeah, a band might have flown over for something, but they can't come your way because they're only allowed to stay within a certain mile radius of the people who've made the initial offer.
4: Yeah, yeah, it, I get I totally get why people do it. And because they want that exclusivity. I think the thing that we find as an independent festival, you know, we're a husband and wife team. And um, yes, we work with the venue very closely. But it is just the two of us, we are independent. And we can't necessarily match what Download or, or Reading and Leeds will offer. You know, it's, it's really difficult, those conversations. But I think a lot of the agents that we've dealt with, although some of them have been quite hard to navigate, others have been realistic and said, actually, do you know what? I don't want my band to just play one festival in the summer. I want them to play all of them. So therefore, we're just going to disregard that and actually let's have a reasonable conversation about budgets and offers and fees and that sort of thing.
0: That's yeah. awesome.
1: And sometimes I think yeah. when it's the big festivals, it's like, is it really going to impact your, your ticket sales? Yeah. Yeah. It's like...
3: Yeah, yeah, that's it. A little 3,000 cap at the yeah. beginning of the season right on the south coast. Is it, yeah. is it really going to be that one? I'm not going to
1: download anymore. Because
3: because <laughs> <laughs> Cassiette played takedown Vessel. That's it, I'm yeah. done. So <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure worked out well right. for Skindra last year anyway because they opted to do all of the smaller events yeah. and then ended up playing all the bigger ones anyway because they filled in for people who pulled out. <laughs> so. Yeah, they were everywhere. <laughs> they, they're they're...
0: Thank you, Five Finger Death Punch.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, they were back next year, though, weren't they? So
0: yeah, so they they're making up for lost time. Ivar and Co. Like I think, Ivar. Yeah, I think they owed Download one. There was like an I O U on their next offer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one thing I wanted to say whilst we had you was my first experience to take was 2014, as I mentioned. And one thing that I loved was you booked DJs for after parties and I got to DJ it that year. And I love when a festival bears in mind what the people are going to do afterwards, especially when it's an inner city setup, I mean, Slam Dunk have been good for that over years as well. And in terms of having like an after party, how important of a process has that been? Just to retaining the level of people, you know, who've just had a great time watching some live music and then they get to go and dance until three o'clock in the morning.
4: Well, that that is mega important to me. So Kai likes to go and have a nice little rest. I don't want to party. (laughs) (laughs) So this year we had the after party at a venue directly opposite the Guildhall where everybody piled in and it was brilliant and we got to hang out with everybody that had been to the festival some of the bands turned up it was just great we just got to hang out with everyone and we're doing the same again for 2024 that's just about to be announced hopefully this week
3: i do have some concerns though because we've got another day of festival up this time which we didn't have last year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
1: always the always the way yeah so twice the there. level of
0: partying
3: well
4: we, we generally don't drink these days, so I can still party, but it would just be a can of Red Bull. No, <laughs> a, a late night's
3: enough for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I have always said that I did five and a half months this year, alcohol free, and I was the biggest advocate of like, you don't need beers in order to be falling underneath the party banner. You can still go out there sober and end up walking in at four o'clock in the morning.
4: Yeah, absolutely. No walk of shame either. It's great.
0: <laughs> the stride of pride. Yeah. <laughs> the <stride> of pride. <laughs>
3: Oh, especially when I have to get in back on site at 10am in the morning <laughs> yeah that's
0: yeah and especially when you got venue packed down probably the the day after that as well where you've got to get rid of all the rigging and all the gear that was in there
4: yeah fortunately we've got a nice production team that take care of that for us but we do generally show our faces and make sure nobody's left anything behind so we had a band um come over from uh Eastern Europe they left all their passports behind in the <sighs> venue so we had to go and sort oh, that gosh. out which was quite interesting interesting this year oh
0: (laughs) that's not nightmare fuel in the slightest like turning up to the airport and realizing that you're down the most important document
4: yeah i think they've gone straight to the ferry as well so they were completely screwed (laughs) (laughs) that's even worse
0: Oh, well, one thing I did want to ask you was I mean, we did allude to it a little bit earlier, was looking forward to the future. Are there any bands that, you know, on the first go round, Takedown didn't manage to get a hold of that you would want to, just for like self satisfaction and fulfillment, want to get on your festival lineup? Oh, my God, if
4: we're talking realms of reasonableness and absolute wish list. <laughs> so, reasonableness i'm i'm desperate to work with frank carter and the rattlesnakes but we've just oh, not been able to make it work for touring season and album cycles and all the rest of it and then absolute dream for me would be to work with nine inch nails that's never going to happen but
0: <laughs> i mean you never know like that expansion plan that you were talking about earlier like could, no. get, could just
3: give get them all the money
4: and only yeah, have like yeah. one other <laughs> but to be fair trent Reznor's <laughs> so talented you could just book him for the yeah. whole thing <laughs>
3: do everything just put all of all Trent Reznor I'll yeah. just
1: say a 10 hours 10 hour set just play all but your. I'm
3: still keen to get um a number of the bands that have played through previous takedowns actually I'd yeah. love to have some of them back uh Yumi at six Don Broco uh Bury Tomorrow uh it'd be great to get them all knowing that they've uh yeah they've, they've played the, the growing up version of takedown yeah. once yeah
0: like. previous headline is the blackout
3: yep yeah. yeah absolutely yeah kids in glass houses gosh there's so many of them It's nice.
0: There is quite a revival,
1: isn't there, from like the sort of early 2010s bands at the moment, or even just the noise bands like Funeral for a Friend are back at it.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah I think that sort of partly fueled our kind of broadening of our uh, scope in terms of genre and things as well, because I'm going out to gigs and I'm noticing a lot more uh, of that kind of older demographic out again. I don't know whether their kids are old enough for them to not need sitters or I don't know what it is, but something's uh, brought them all out again. Um, and it well, indeed, a, a number of those bands and our their fans are turning up and bringing their kids with them as well. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Our, our sort of spread of artists sort of represents that in a way.
0: That's so wholesome. And one thing I also wanted to ask was, in terms of American artists, are there any American bands that on, as you mentioned earlier, like on your sort of level that you would be looking at trying to get your hands on in the future?
4: Yeah, there's, there's loads. So um, because of what we went through this year, we're now already starting to look to book for 2025. So we're having those conversations around okay who is going to be around at the beginning of that festival season that we could possibly book and then maybe help with some other shows in the country so it's all to play for at the moment we've got our own internal wish lists yes that we're trying to fulfill
0: love that i'm a big fan of that and i mean especially like in terms of the the us side of things like you look at some of the bands that have been crushing it over there that kind of haven't really had the opportunity to come and do like a big headline festival slot in the united kingdom having a festival your size is is such a perfect opportunity for them to be able to say hey yeah we've headlined a festival in the united kingdom
3: yeah yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I, i think uh Certainly next year's event following on from this year's event should put us on the map in terms of uh, being on the right radars for those sorts of uh, artists coming over. Yeah
0: that's awesome and how do you find it being a husband and wife team because more often than not when you go to work in the music industry like you're kind of working with someone who you just see nine to five then you both go your separate ways at the end of the day and then you see each other tomorrow and you you probably end up like crossing wires over certain stuff but with you guys it's like does work tend to follow its way home with you sometimes
3: um <laughs> it's been it's had its ups and downs yeah we had to set some boundaries <laughs> we,
4: we do have boundaries and there's things like not allowed to talk to me until I've had a coffee. Yeah. Things. Um,
3: or, or indeed about work until after a certain time. Otherwise, I'll I'll have an idea at quarter past six and it, it all has to come out.
4: And it's quite neurodivergent, so there's no off, basically, yeah. which is great. And when we harness it for good, it's fantastic. But sometimes when you're trying to just maybe have a Sunday morning with your porridge, looking at Facebook, you don't necessarily want to talk about who you want to book for three years' time. So, <laughs>
0: I say, Kai, I feel you so much on that front, bro. Like, I'll be lying in bed at two o'clock in the morning and I'll go, I've just had the best idea of my life. What, what am I meant to do with this information right now? Yeah. <laughs> just wake up your girlfriend. Don't, I've got
3: don't, an idea. don't lean over and tell the wife whatever
0: you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's your sleep paralysis demon. Just Kai going,
3: 2026,
0: by the way. I don't,
3: I don't have an idea. Wake up. Yeah, it's not We're not quite happened yet. But yeah, certainly uh, half six in the morning uh, and uh, excited discussion.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. But I mean, I can imagine it's a real nice dynamic to have, though, whereby like you, you do trust each other with the, the safety of the festival. Like it's not kind of like other music industry jobs where you're like, is that person trying to get my seat at the table? Or like are, are they, are they, I've got to constantly look over my shoulder and worry about what's going on. Like it's a team effort
4: yeah we both hold each other very accountable so i mean we, we don't do all the jobs and um, we sort of divide and conquer basically
3: yeah and we're quite complementary as well you're you're the organized
0: one and i'm the yes. creative one <laughs> L- love that <laughs> 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 there's one ideas person and there's one that's like okay let's be realistic about things
4: yeah yeah let's how much is that going to cost <laughs> <laughs> so
0: that's usually the big question
4: t-shirt cannons and
0: Oh, the answer is yes if it's a T-shirt cannon. Any sort of cannon,
3: to be honest. I want cannons.
0: Just blew all our budget on cannons this year. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you are by the sea. There's tons of pirate ships kicking around in Portsmouth, isn't there?
4: There are. I don't think we can repurpose them though for T-shirts. Unfortunately, they're a bit heavy.
0: (laughs) A nautical theme on Takedown Festival 2025 is now what I'm kind of expecting to see. (laughs) we should have like pirate fancy dress or something oh. maybe that should be the after party yeah
3: that's a great idea the ideas are flowing
4: yeah
0: yeah and then you just get a rum sponsor you're laughing
4: that that gets dangerous with me though
0: <laughs> rum is my drink of choice so oh mine too <laughs> yeah i'm I'm a pirate heart if i'm drinking spirits it's rum although since coming back to drinking uh, me and spirits are not friends as much as we used to and
4: I think you get to that age unfortunately where they just become
3: that yeah yeah I've, it's just not good I've, I think I've run out of spirits that don't remind me yeah. of some
1: yeah some dramatic event yeah. every 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 spirit tells a story from my youth yeah which I don't want to think about anymore <laughs>
3: Yeah, I, I can't even smell Jägermeister anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, there's been too many Jägerbombs consumed over my career.
1: I once worked with a guy who he's like the head of press at, at Jägermeister and he can't touch the stuff anymore. He's like, I don't drink it. Yeah. Which is understandable. Yeah. I imagine he's, he's consumed a lot in his time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of drinking and obviously that going hand in hand with festivals, like what I do love about the rock crowd is the rock crowd are the least problematic when it comes to having a drink and partying. Like I can't remember the last time I went to a rock festival and I saw any sort of trouble kicking off. And I mean, like as festival organizers, that's got to be like a nice little bit of background security, knowing that like, hey, at least we're not going to get, like the most trouble you probably get is someone busting up a nose in a mosh pit or something like that.
4: Yeah, I think the only problem we had a couple of rejections this year because people had just overcooked it on the sauce. Yeah. Which is absolutely fine. I'm okay with that. It's a long day drinking. It is a long
3: day. Nine o'clock doors. There's bound to be a few cases. You've
1: got to pace yourself at those events.
3: Yeah, they're only a danger to themselves.
4: Yeah. I think the, the thing that made it for me, though, which just summed up our audience, was they were doing Oops Upside Your Head on the floor in the main auditorium in
0: between
4: <laughs> songs like literally everybody sat in rows doing it yeah, it, was it wasn't, wasn't even a band
3: on it was just the music in between bands
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so wholesome and like it's one of the reasons why like i love rock music first or so much it's like the infamous story from bloodstock where they have people jousting on the bins it's like you only get that level of stupidity when you come to a rock show
4: Oh, I love it. I love it. And they've made it official for 2024,
0: haven't they? It's like a proper sport next year. Binge yeah, binge-ousting. Brilliant. binge <laughs> That's amazing. We need a takedown version of binge-ousting to kind of organically make itself known on this comeback run. Right?
3: That's, that's where the nautical theme comes back in. Well, oh, yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> have a think about that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's incredible. So, I mean, off the bands that are currently booked for for 2024 are there any personal highlights to you on the line of any bands that you're really stoked to have gotten your hands on this year
4: oh there's so many uh creeper obviously love them as a dirty old goth at heart they absolutely tickle my meatloaf and sisters of mercy oh, yeah. bone um kick pitchy and snakes who i have been trying to work with for about the last 24 months and failing unsuccessfully until this yeah,
3: point I kick pitch is the only thing that's been on in the car for about <laughs> 18 months now. So Love actually it. adding them for the festival was really special. Love yeah. it. Who are, you, who are your favourites? Uh, one of them I'm really excited about. I can't say anything. It's not announcing until. Suddenly, okay. Okay. Ooh. Um, but, Ooh. Yeah, so there's still another round to go. It's not, not not as many as the last two, but there are still some bands uh, left to announce. Uh, there's some cool stuff as well. But um, yeah, I was really apprehensive about announcing television because they're a, a sort of two generations older than anything that's ever yeah there's any band that's appeared to take down before um but it's such a nostalgia trip for me going all the way back to the 90s yeah really excited to see them and they're absolutely on fire at the moment as well with their pink suits and uh still selling out big old venues so um yeah i'm quite excited for that
0: love that tequila shall be
3: flowing (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i feel the same about Tequila as I do Jägermeister. <laughs> but <the song's> good
0: <laughs> so you said we, we can expect another announcement is that December 8th that you kind December of December 8th yes the-
3: we're going to be oh, doing nice. our uh, day tickets will go on sale with day splits and the last round of bands
0: hell yeah well that will make for a nice early Christmas present for some people hopefully <laughs> All right. yeah, getting those pre-orders in yeah especially with that tease that Kai was just dropping that your your personal favorites yet to be announced <laughs> now the curiosity has started to peak well just before we let you go because we can't thank you enough for your time today we do believe that you've got a little bit of a surprise for us up your sleeve <laughs> if you've been yeah. told about
3: it so uh we're giving away a pair of weekend tickets, pair of weekend tickets pair of weekend tickets yes thank you so, ever so uh, much and the uh the question's gonna be who uh which two bands headlined our 2023 return this year so which two bands headline takedown festival in 2023
0: thank you ever so much my friends that is brand new news for you you could be attending 2024's takedown festival by answering the question which two bands headlined In 2023. Thank you ever so much for your generosity, Kai and Sarah. We really do appreciate it, and we cannot wait to find out what this final announcement is going to be. But are we feeling good? Are we feeling excited? Not too stressed?
4: No, not stressed yet. At this point, yeah. Yeah, ask me again in March.
3: (laughs) It's a completely different question. Six six weeks ago, I would have been uh, a (laughs) shell. I'm I'm, I'm feeling alright about it now.
0: Good, so we're going to get to enjoy Christmas a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing.
4: Great Christmas presents. So So I've
3: heard,
0: yes. There we go. And if you don't manage to bag them in this giveaway, then make sure you get your hands on them because you do not want to miss Takedown Festival 2024. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, my friends. Show some love to Kai and to Sarah from Takedown Festival. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank
4: you. Thanks so much. See you later. Cheers. Bye
0: oh well what a way to end today's show my friends yeah it's as simple as that if you want to go to takedown festival 2024 we are going to be putting up a reel on instagram with the question that kai just asked all you're gonna to have to do is just comment the answer to that and bang you're entered into the giveaway bish bash bosh It's as easy as that yeah what a show bro
1: what a show yeah Nikki from Blood Command. Yep. Great chat. And Sarah and Kai from Take Down Festival. Hell yeah. I'm going to be there. Are you going to yeah. be there? I'll absolutely be I was, there. I was sort of, when you mentioned that you DJed <laughs> in 2014, I was like, it's a hint. Yeah. Because is, is, is then he, they were like talking about it. I was like, maybe
0: book John. Yeah. <laughs> is he going to ask for a job? Yeah. Well, Kai and Sarah, just so you know, if you do want me to DJ in 2024, I'd be honored to do it again. Because I've really enjoyed doing it in, in 2014. Yeah. yeah, A new venue.
1: Yeah, I've never been to
0: Portsmouth. Maybe Have not. I do love Portsmouth. Shout Where out is, to the light old night in Portsmouth. Is
1: it near near Southampton? Yeah, kind of, kind
0: of, same kind of direction. Well, thank you ever so much for my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually me that has the brain farts yeah although if you've watched our slam special i am passing to them from time to time my friends thank you ever so much for watching the john mohan show this evening before we get out of here the podcasts we're now up to date by the king 810 one yeah yeah one of those for simon wilson who's been able to help us out get back on so
1: time. if you want to put this on the car yeah while you're having a shit yeah while you're making your dinner yep yeah. You can listen to it on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and wherever else you get your podcasts.
0: Yep. So with that in mind, all that's left for me to say is my name's John Mahon. Peace and love. Stay alive. And I'm are out, Go fuck yourselves. Oh, there he is.